Today is September 11th, 2021. 20 years ago, our country changed forever. The fabric of what it meant to be an American was ripped down the middle. We will never, ever be the country that we were before September 11th. Those of you who were privileged enough, lucky enough to be raised in the 80s, the 90s, like I was, you recall in very fuzzy terms a very different America, a simpler America, a more naive America, a Pax Americana that seemed indestructible. 20 years after that morning on September 11th, everything has changed. Those of you who are younger in the audience may not remember a world pre-9-11. In fact, of the 13 service members who were killed tragically in Kabul, Afghanistan, so many of them weren't even alive when September 11th kicked off that 20-year war in Afghanistan, of which they may be some of the last American casualties. What have we become since that fateful morning? Who are we now as a people? Is our country better? Are we wiser? Are we taking into effect the lessons that got us to that morning of carnage and chaos in lower Manhattan? Or have we learned nothing? Today on The Benny Show, we're going to look at the ghosts of September 11th, and we're going to examine what country we've become. The America of September 10th, 2020, 2001. The America of September 10th is an America we'll never get back. The world you grew up in doesn't exist anymore. And the morning of September 11th changed that forever. You can see here I have a singular story that I want to read to you that I believe shows in effect what we have become in the true shadow of September 11th. But before I get to this story from the AP, I think it's important to recognize the psychological scarring that this morning brings and how sensitive this episode is. We have a young show, but I believe we have a show that uh, has an obligation to speak truth. And so we're going to speak about the psychological scars that come from this morning. So few moments in history are remembered and permeate into the the brain and directly into the brainstem, branded like an iron brand. On a, uh, on, a, on a cow in the middle of Montana, seared deep, so much so that it'll never disappear. And that is the morning of September 11th. For anyone who was of an age who can remember, even young children remember, I was in high school. Where were you when America changed forever? What were you doing? I bet you could tell me the smell of the room you were in. I bet you could tell me the color of the walls. You could tell me what was happening in your mind. How many other moments in your life 
is that true? How many other moments in your life is 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 that type of vividness, that type of scarring, psychological scarring available to you? Your seventh birthday, your 20th birthday? Can you tell me the color of the walls, the color of the birthday cake? Of course you can't. But on September 11th, people can tell you precisely where they were. When JFK was shot, they can do the same. D-Day, if you are old enough, we're losing many who could recall that day. But if you were old enough, you remember when you heard about D-Day and the invasion, great invasion of Europe. An invasion happened on September 11th, uh, an invasion of our minds and an invasion indeed of our rights uh, in this country. If you were a terrorist mastermind, if you were attempting to harm America and to create a cycle of self-harm in America, you could not have perhaps planned something more effectively than what the horrific butchers of September 11th planned. We're going to go through what I believe is the largest three pillars of uh, three pillars that were knocked down of American culture on September 11th. And um, I think that that it's worth examining because there is always the instant tragedy and the horror of losing nearly 3,000 Americans. There is the corresponding tragedy of the wars and the cost of uh, American military adventurism uh, abroad, and and the the scarring effect that that had on us and our faith in institutions, uh, both military, political, uh, and in the national security apparatus. And then I believe there's a scar on us as a people who began to split and divide after September 11th. We began to break as a people. It was a different thing to be an American before September 11th, and now it's a very different thing afterwards. And the divisions become so much that you start to you start to not be able to even recognize many in your own country. The things that were unthinkable just 20 years ago are happening now before our very eyes. Where were you on September 11th? I think it's uh, something that you could answer for me in a second. I was in a classroom. I was a freshman in high school in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Prairie High School. I, I was in a civics class, Dot Pospicial's class. The color of the wall was off-white. The smell of the room was plastic and chalk and silence. Nothing but the cart that the TV was carried on. You know those public school carts where you carry in a TV? Squeaky wheels, gigantic television, VCR underneath it, a laser disc player for those of you who are OG and remember school in the public school in the late 90s. The squeaky cart got plugged in and clicked on CNN as the tower smoldered and collapsed before our eyes. My very solemn and 
very opinionated civics teacher, Dot Pospisil was her name, said, F these people. Swore in front of the class, which shocked all who were there, and then dismissed us. It was an announcement that crackled through the school. And our principal told us to go home. And the school was evacuated, in a sense. And we all left. I thought it was uh, horrifying. I called my parents. Everyone was scared. I, you know, you're a young kid. Cedar Rapids, to show the confusion of this, obviously Cedar Rapids, Iowa, would perhaps be one of the lowest potential terror targets in this country. But Cedar Rapids, Iowa was something uh, of a defense contracting hub. There was a considerable amount of defense contracting and tech that takes place inside of Cedar Rapids. And so many in my school, their parents work at places like Rockwell Collins, who do large defense contracts. So many thought that they might be under attack or may be a target. And so they, those kids were distressed, distraught. Uh, where, where would be the next building to fall? Would it be in our city? Just to show you the confusion, obviously in hindsight, these things seem silly, but to show you the confusion, that's what was going through our heads. What was going through your head? I'm sure that you have your own recollections, confusions, and fear. You thought about your loved ones, and you thought about losing them. Many Many people did lose their loved ones. We lost so much on September 11th. It's it's hard to quantify. It's hard to qualify. It's impossible, really, to look through history and think, what would the world be like without this moment? Where would we be as a country? What would we be as a people? What would being an American mean? You know, today we're watching the same terrorist organization that housed and harbored the masterminds of September 11th retake power in Afghanistan. We are negotiating with them, begging them, just like 20 years ago, the Taliban, to not harm Americans. Are there pallets of cash being exchanged? I believe there are. And the Taliban are holding Americans hostage. Much like 20 years ago, the Taliban was allowing for the harm of Americans to take place on their watch. What has changed? Well, trillions of dollars plunged into the desert in that hellscape Anyone who fought there will tell you that it truly is a, 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 a far-off alien land. And anyone who fought there today is, going, is rightfully bitter. Rightfully bitter because much of what we were told we were fighting for over there was a lie. And we now see the catastrophic lack of clarity planning or principles by our political elites in that theater as the Taliban roar back into control, but now armed with billions in American munitions and technology. 
you can see that the Taliban are using our military equipment to execute those who helped us in our post-September 11th struggle there in that country. And indeed, it is a tragedy that doesn't really have words to describe. The American government is talking about officially recognizing the Taliban as the rightful leaders of Afghanistan and the hundreds of thousands of Americans who have permanent scars from those battlefields in the global war on terror ask why. Why? Why? Many of them without arms, legs, appendages, eyes. Many of them scarred for life mentally, physically. Many didn't return. 2,500 Americans perished in those sands or on those mountainsides in far-off, distant, beleaguered, alien, truly alien lands. And for what? I think it's an important question. For what? Well, if you are a patriot and if you are a red-blooded American... You could put your head down and you could say, well, they perished because of American principles, ideas, and truisms of who we are as Americans. We were showing the world that the American fighting spirit and the principles that undergird our American society, indeed, those principles are superior and they are immovable. Indeed, they come from our Creator, given to us by our God. Our government is there to protect it. Those principles, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Indeed, those civil liberties that we hold dear as Americans, those are what we fight for. But an AP article from today will tell a different story. The Associated Press publishes today Americans less positive about civil liberties, according to an AP poll. This was published an hour ago. Ten years after the 9-11 attacks, Americans are reasonably positive about the state of their rights and liberties. Today, 20 years, not so much. That's according to a poll by the Associated Press, Center for Public Affairs and Research that builds on work conducted in 2011, one decade after the pivotal moment in U.S. history. Some questions were asked on the polls conducted in 2013 and 2015. Americans were relatively united around the idea that the government did a good job of protecting many basic rights for a decade after the terrorist attacks, which produced massive overhaul of the country's intelligence services and the creation of agencies such as the Department of Homeland Security. Among those changes came creeping concerns about government overreach, although Americans as a whole remained fairly positive. That attitude has eroded in the years since, with far fewer people now saying the government is doing a good job protecting rights, including the freedom of speech, the right to vote, the right to bear arms, and others. For example, the poll finds 45% of Americans now say they think the U.S. government is doing a good job defending freedom of speech compared with 32% that say it's doing a poor job, 23% say neither. Wow. 
32% say that the government is not protecting speech. Remarkable. The First Amendment. The share of the government doing a good job is down from 71% in 2011 to 59% in 2015. This is incredible. Looking at this data, the right to vote, it looks like it is down twofold. Incredible. Since 10 years after September 11th, now it is down to 43%, from 84% to 43%. Freedom of religion is down 24 points. Freedom of speech is down 26 points. Freedom of the press is down 19 points. The right to bear arms down 22 points. Equal rights to protection is down 21 points. Freedom from unreasonable search and seizure is down 14 points. This is incredible. What did we fight for in Afghanistan? What did we fight for in Iraq? What were the purposes of those wars? Were it not to defend that which we hold dear at home? The most red-blooded patriot, the most red-meat defender of those conflicts would tell you at its core we are fighting over there so that we do not fight them over here. And what that means is we do not threaten our civil liberties at home. What does it mean to be an American? Well, this is what it means to be an American, the right to vote, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of press, the right to bear arms. This is what it means to be an American. It's what we were protecting in the first place. What happened? We lost. We lost. We lost the war at home. While fighting the war abroad, we lost the war at home. This was what we were fighting for. The war was lost there, and now it's lost here. It's lost here also, according to polling, because people don't feel secure at home. The rise of riots, the rise of looting, the rise of murders in our cities, the open border, the lawlessness perpetrated upon our country, the unvetted Afghan nationals that now flood into this nation by the tens of thousands. We have reports from the AP, not a conservative outlet, of old warlords and their child brides being brought here by Americans, of Afghans smuggling explosive materials into America of people with Taliban associations and ISIS associations being brought here to this country by our government. Joe Biden is an oath breaker. So much of so much of this tragedy can be chalked up to our political establishment ruling class and their bloodlust, their bloodlust for power. It is an embarrassment on our people. It is an embarrassment on us that we as a country did not protect the things we were attempting to maintain after September 11th. This indeed is the tragedy. The largest tragedy of September 11th, and again, I started off by saying we couldn't you couldn't have planned a more perfect attack if you wished to attack that which makes America great, that which makes America a place you would want to live. What does separate us? 
What does separate America from other countries in the world? Self-determination. That's a loaded term. It's also an academic term, and so let's break it down. In America, the people rule. The rule up to this point in human history, and this point being just merely 200 years ago when America was founded, was that rulers rule. That there is a class of leaders that you are not a part of, and they dominate you. They rule over you. The iron scepter hangs heavy above your head, and you are the serf, and you march in the mud, and you labor, and you toil, and you starve. Well, Benny, that's, you know, that's that's a definition of what? Well, I mean, it's a definition of the feudal system. It's a definition of rulers back to the time and before Christ. There were no civil liberties at that time. You may remember that upon Jesus' birth, King Herod ordered the murder of all of the children. Did anyone fight him on that? Did they say our civil liberties are being tra- trampled upon, trod upon? No, of course not. They just did it. So did Pharaoh with Moses. No, no, that was the rule. The rule was tyranny, oppression, oligarchy, authoritarianism, dictatorship. That was the rule of human existence for thousands and thousands of years, all the way back to recorded human history. Communism merely improved on that system by cutting out the middleman and stating that the state was God, that there is no God, and there is no private property at all. The state owns all of everything, and it owns your life. So then communism just merely improved upon and streamlined the cruelty of oligarchy and authoritarianism. The American experience and the American experiment is an experiment in the opposite direction radically. The American experiment says, and it is truly what makes us unique, it says self-determination. Self-determination by design says the people are in control. We the people. We put as our proxies leaders to merely protect that which we already have been given by God and that which the government cannot take away. Inalienable rights, the word inalienable defined means cannot be taken away. Our founding document's cornerstone, the Declaration of Independence, says our rights are inalienable. Our Bill of Rights says that all of these issues that the AP is concerned about here, this report Our Bill of Rights says these are inalienable. They cannot be taken away, yet here they are being eroded. You can see it in this reporting, the rights that are given to us by God and merely there to be defended by those who act as a proxy for us and can be yanked out of office at any time by our hand, the people's hand. Well, we failed. 
I'm an optimist, and I really love this country. But if you love something, you have to be critical of it. Why do I ask my wife about the products that we're making and the videos that we're making and the use of how we are spending our time on this team and building these shows? I ask my wife because I, I, I want someone who loves me. And I want someone who's going to not hesitate to be critical because if you love someone enough, you must be critical. You want them to improve. There are no saints in in there are no saints in this earth, walking this earth. There are no angels, I suppose. Maybe we should say that differently. If you're a Catholic, you certainly will believe in saints walking the earth, but there are no angels. And the angels that exist in heaven would take great insult to anyone who calls themselves an angel on earth. No, no, we are all flawed, and we need help. So when I criticize America and what we have become after September 11th, I do it out of love. These are problems. These are issues that are striking at the very core of what it means to be an American. There are issues that are shaking our very belief in the system that we are all supposed to be a part of. You know, there is no America without people believing in it. The stories we tell ourselves about America, our feelings about America, will determine our reality in America. If we believe we're the greatest nation in the world, well, then we will become the greatest nation in the world. If we believe we can defeat the Nazis, we will defeat the Nazis. But if you're sitting here seeing 41 points, 24 points, 26 points, 19 points, in the negative direction for our core, basic, inalienable rights, well, that shows that we just don't even believe in what binds us together as an American any longer. It's tr it's truly tragic. And this is the horrifying result of a national security state and political state gone awry. This is a the horrifying result of what happens when you have a superstructure of authoritarians hiding and lurking within your political class and they get an opportunity, a crisis, to get what they've always wanted, which is authoritarian control, rule, and surveillance of all of the people in this country who live free by design are given their freedom by God. Americans are less free. Indeed, the Fourth Amendment, the Third Amendment, we don't talk about them very much, but the intrusion into your lives, the intrusion into your privacy is so unconstitutional at this point. What the Biden administration is doing with vaccine mandates, eviction moratoriums, we have so digressed from our purpose in this country. It's a very scary thing. Demonstrated in perfect actual crystallization 
by how a member of Congress spoke about September 11th not too long ago. 2019, Ilhan Omar said of September 11th, some people did something. Now, isn't that an interesting way to have an immigrant to this country, someone who was welcomed after her country had collapsed into chaos and anarchy and her life was threatened, she was welcomed here into this country, was able to get an education, was able to ascend to high political office and notoriety, and is now taking an opportunity to talk about the worst attack on American soil in our history, some may argue Pearl Harbor, is worse. It just depends on how you look at it, how you look at your frame of history. Take the worst attack in American history and then politicize it. Not even condemn the attackers. Not condemn the vicious Islamic jihadist ideology that led to this attack. But indeed, simply gloss over that some people did something and then play the victim. It's a shocking it's a shocking moment in American history. We got really upset about this a couple of years ago and went and found a number of September 11th survivors, first responders uh, to respond to this. Uh, we did this video with Turning Point USA. Very proud to be a part of that organization. And uh, we we showed exactly who Ilhan Omar was. We spoke with the first responders and let them comment, let them respond to that extremely offensive comment. Here's what they had to say. CARE was founded after 9-11 because they recognized that some people did something and that all of us were starting to lose access to our civil liberties. People like her, the American people should not tolerate. She should be out on her ass. I, I think that's a very selfish comment. If we choose political correctness over facts and the truth, Everyone that died on that day's sacrifice would be for nothing. The media and the politicians, they're, they're, they're looking for this response that will get them the views, that will get them the comments, that will fan the fire, and none of that serves the people who either responded to the incident, the people who lost, it does nothing for us. I think the broader message is, is if you're gonna say never forget, never forget. She should sit there and learn about 9-11. Learn about what the American people went through. History is a very, very valuable tool. We are back at 10.30 Eastern time on this Tuesday morning, this horrific, incredible, not to be believed Tuesday morning. You are looking at live pictures of the World Trade Center where just a few minutes ago, within the last minute actually, the second Twin Tower collapsed. So I wasn't supposed to work that morning. 
Uh, the morning of 9-11 was like every other morning. The radios in my office started going wild. My phone started ringing off the hook. I remember another guy who uh, was a senior firefighter um, telling me that he, a plane had went into the World Trade Center. on fire and I just remember hearing a chief saying like everybody has to get out get away get out and I'm looking up at this building and I'm like it can't come down you know the debris started falling around us uh, the debris started getting larger and larger um, then there were I-beams coming down and off to our right was a photographer and I was thinking to myself I says it's kind of weird, like, there's like a huge emergency going on and this guy's taking pictures. Um, and that guy yelled, run for your life. I was thrown underneath the south uh, walkway. Uh, cars were on fire all over the place. It was just like a big pit of just, just flames of cars on fire all over the place. We witnessed 60. 80 people uh, who were jumping to their deaths. Everybody that I loved flashed in front of my eyes. And I just remember thinking to myself, um, whatever's gonna happen, just let it be quick. I just remember devastation. It was just completely destroyed. So that's, that's, that's the best way I can describe it. I was able to get through to my voicemail. <laughs> message from my mother, which uh, kind of just tore me to pieces at that point. She basically sounded like she, she was saying goodbye. Yes, what they did was horrific and it scares me every day. But my, my concern right now is for all these politicians to realize that there was a sacrifice that was made. And it's a sacrifice that's still being made today. And they need to acknowledge that. If you want us to go out and risk our lives for this country, then you got to make sure that you're taking care of its people. Because if you don't, nobody's going to ever want to do it again. They weren't there. They don't understand the depth of what happened that day. The most important thing is that people don't forget. Because if we forget, then my coworkers' ultimate sacrifice would have been for nothing. I think the broader message is, is if you're gonna say never forget, never forget. Clearly a moment in American history where we need to question who we've become and we need to question why, why this is a country that feels off kilter. It feels like it's spinning and it's wobbling and it's not spinning in the direct direction. It doesn't feel balanced. There was a balance to this nation before September 11th and it feels off kilter. Why? Things have become more extreme. You can hear it there in Ilhan Omar's comments. Things have become more extreme. We are not speaking about what binds us together any longer. September 11th split and fractured this country in ways that I believe are as or more damaging than the t attack itself. 
And it's very sad. So often we do not take a moment to look at the ties that bind. And now in this post-9-11 world, we look at that which separates and that which destroys. We focus in on the George Floyds. We focus in on the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated. We focus in on the elements of society that separate us and divide us instead of that which unites us. And we have no focus on our founding principles or our defining principles any longer. We are exclusively tied up in the perversity of that which separates us. It's a sad thing to see. It's a uh, depressing thing to see. Part of why I support President Trump, you know, there are, between my wife and I, between the people that I speak with closely in our friend group, there are so many reasons and Monday morning quarterbacking to go back and criticize the Trump administration, obviously. The presidency is a complex office. Joe Biden is learning that right now. 36% approval rating. The presidency is a complex office. And you are seeing now exactly how difficult it is, especially if you are mentally incapable like Joe Biden is. Uh, But we have a... In Donald Trump, we have, I believe, my favorite thing. And my favorite thing about Donald Trump was unequivocally that Donald Trump understood the uniting elements of American life and that Americans did indeed wish to be united in a manner that made us feel proud about our country. You can't take a people and eliminate that which connects them and expect the country to survive. Especially when you have a racially, ethnically diverse country, a melting pot truly in every sense of the word, that is America. It's not going to survive. President Trump released a September 11th message that I believe actually does a wonderful job at reminding us how we are united in this country and how refreshing it is to focus on that which binds us together. I don't mean to be so down, I suppose, on America uh, on this solemn day, but if you love a place, you gotta be willing to criticize it. It's like a good marriage or a good relationship. You have to be willing to criticize. And so I want to play you what President Trump released for his September 11th message. And uh, I want to leave sort of on a positive, on a positive note. Here, listen to what Donald Trump released for his message. We grieve together for every mother and father, sister and brother, son and daughter who was stolen from us at the Twin Towers, the Pentagon, and here in this Pennsylvania field. 
We honor their sacrifice by pledging to never flinch in the face of evil and to do whatever it takes to keep America safe. In the wake of the September 11th attacks, courageous Americans raced into smoke, fire, and debris in lower Manhattan, the Pentagon, and a field in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. The whole world witnessed the might and resilience of our nation in the extraordinary men and women of the New York Fire Department and the New York Police Department. Earlier this year, we fully reauthorized the Victims' Compensation Fund to the tune of billions and billions of dollars. When the World Trade Center came down, I saw something that no place on Earth could have handled more beautifully, more humanely than New York. And the cleanup started the next day, and it was the most horrific cleanup probably in the history of doing this and in construction. I was down there, and I've never seen anything like it. I've seen two huge 110-story buildings that are reduced to rubble, uh, thousands and thousands of lives. I just got to see something that I've never seen before. I have hundreds of men inside working right now, and we're bringing down another 125 in a little while, and they've never done work like this before. We come here in the knowledge that we cannot erase the pain or reverse the evil of that dark and wretched day. But we offer you all that we have, our unwavering loyalty, our undying devotion, and our eternal pledge that your loved ones will never, ever be forgotten. September 11th survivors don't even want Joe Biden to attend the September 11th memorial ceremonies. We've heard that multiple times uh, in multiple interviews from the families. Joe Biden is an oath breaker and he is not a comforter. Uh, he is certainly not someone who sees any value in bringing this country together, uh, only in infractioning this country and dividing this country does Joe Biden get power. He is a vicious tick on the belly of all that is good uh, in this country, and he's sucking it dry, sucking the blood dry out of this country. Indeed, we have uh, a moment here where Americans will have to choose. I hope we take a moment to step back and to realize what has happened to us over the last 20 years, and that the perpetual division of this country, the hatred that boils up of this country, is indeed doing the terrorist work for them. That could not be a better victory for those who attacked us on September 11th than to have Americans hating Americans, to have Americans hunting down fellow Americans in their own streets, burning our own shops, hating each other. It is time to step back and to recognize that those who wish to divide us are indeed continuing the work, the evil work that was laid bare on September 11th, the correct idea that the only way you are going to destroy America is to have America destroy itself. That was the perhaps singular effect of the lasting effects of September 11th. That was 
the singular crystallization that Americans indeed were powerful enough to destroy ourselves. We could destroy any other nation on the world stage, but we decided to destroy ourselves. We must reverse this trend, ladies and gentlemen. We have to reverse this trend. A country like ours cannot continue in such a divisive and in such a perilous manner. We cannot continue on as a country if we are going to see our civil liberties eroded in in, in such a way. It's a devastating pull out. It really does show that the vast majority of America believe that the, the reasons to be an American are quickly and assuredly being washed away. And as you watch the national political stage, you have every right to believe that. As you see Joe Biden decree vaccine mandates, which he has no right to do, as you see Joe Biden utterly defy openly the Supreme Court, the very pillars that uphold this fragile experiment in world history are crumbling. And it started on September 11th. It started on September 11th when a when the super state that exists over our government felt like this was the crisis in order to go and get whatever they wanted to defy and to violate our inalienable rights in the name of public safety and security. And it's always in the name of public safety and security. Everyone who's existed inside of a tyrannical country inside of tyranny will tell you that that is always the rationale for absorbing full government control and full dictatorial powers. So what do we need to do? What do we need to do? There needs to be an American renaissance. There must be a renaissance of freedom in this nation. We must return to the total and complete self-determination laid down in the cornerstones of this country that we as Americans have right to privacy, right to speech, right to religion, right to live our lives. Indeed, the very right to life. That a teeny, small, far-off government in a far-off land does not rule over us. We rule over them. We must contract the federal government and break it up. The federal government has become all too Orwellian, oligarchical, and must be smashed. Smash it with a sledgehammer. Rip out the guts of the federal government. Take it and move it. What I mean by that is take the Department of Homeland Security and move it to the border. Put it on Texas. Borderland. Let them see what they have created. That's where it should exist. Department of the Interior should exist in Montana. So that people who actually love their land and love their interior can live in the interior that they love so much and dictate policy for. Take the Department of Education and move it to Florida. Take the Department of Defense and put it in, I don't know, Texas? (laughs) Put it where you have the most guns and the most military veterans who can serve and live 
decentralize the power structures in this country. Self-rule is how you determine what is best for your home. It's how you determine what is best in your daily life. And it should not be any sep- anything different for politics. The federal government is there to serve you. That is its only role. It should not exist if it stops serving Americans. And the ultimate service in that role is to keep Americans safe from enemies, foreign and domestic. That is what the president swears on the Bible to do when the president is sworn in. It's what Joe Biden swore to do. It's why Joe Biden is an oath breaker. And it's why Donald Trump is an oath keeper. Donald Trump indeed kept his word and protected Americans from enemies foreign and domestic. And indeed, we must return. We must return to a time of small, controlled, withered (laughs) federal government that has judicial overview and does not violate your rights for the convenience of security. That is always the road to serfdom, the road to tyranny. Let us take a renewed effort this September 11th, this 20th anniversary, to honor those who died on this day and to return America to the America that this country was founded as. An America of free men and women who will not be ruled by authoritarians and despots and tyrants. God bless you on the September 11th. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, This has been The Benny Show. Um, And God bless those families who lost loved ones on this day and in the corresponding war war on terror. We will not forget you, and we will continue to fight. You sacrificed far too much for us to give up the fight now. We will continue. God bless you all. Thank you for listening.